0: Uh, today we are going to uh, continue our Advent series. Uh, that we are having a, an unexpected uh, encounter with Christ, and I, I love the video when it asks the question of how how can we have peace, a peace that passes all understanding? How can we have peace in a world that is falling apart? Uh, a question. That we should be thinking about as we are coming together uh, and worshiping. And how do we reflect that uh, to the world around us? Uh, last week I shared with you a passage. I'm not going to show it to you again today. Just to remind you of in Matthew where um, the wise men come to Jesus and see him. And they bring gifts. And I, and I challenge you to think about they didn't, they didn't come to get anything out of that. They came to offer worship to Jesus, to challenge us to stop and think about why did you sign on this morning? Why did you get up and come in here? Are are you expecting something, looking for God to do something? Uh, It's not bad to have an expectation, but is it all about you or are you here today solely to worship Jesus Christ? And what I said to you last week was that one way to worship we can look at that from Scripture as the lifting of hands. And I know that that made some of you uncomfortable. In fact, we talked about it at our Wednesday Bible study, and some of you that are in that that made that comment, you're like, that, that kind of made me uncomfortable. I, that, I didn't feel spiritual at all uh, as I lifted my hands. Uh, and, and my point back to them, and I would say this to you, is the point is not this is not the only way to worship, but it is one way to worship and that we need to be free, uh, liberating, we talked about this morning, with liberating to be able to worship God. And so we're looking at different ways to experience worship, to offer worship. And so today we're going to look at a different way, a different posture of worship. And some of us, we're all different places. Some of you entered in this morning, or you joined on this morning, and you are in a, a, a spot where everything's going good. And I hope if that's where you are, that you are full of gratitude to God, how blessed life may be. Truth is, some of you are probably very bland, meaning you're just kind of going through motions, and that's kind of where you find yourself at. And my hope is that in worship, you are able to renew your passion. Don't accept uh, a mediocre relationship with Jesus Christ. And then there are some of you that life is just not very good right now. You're going through a difficult circumstance and a difficult situation. It may be that somewhere you're approaching Christmas and there's going to be an empty chair of someone who was here last year. And we sometimes think grief only occurs in a one-year increment, but maybe it was somebody that was here five years ago or ten years ago. And you got to deal with the pain of Christmas. We don't think about that. Maybe you lost your job. Maybe you don't have the money. Maybe you're looking at Christmas and going, you know what? This is not going to look anything like what it has looked like in the past. And I would say to you that as we think about different postures of worship, um, today may speak to the latter group a little more than the others. Scripture tells us that God comes to the brokenhearted, that he draws near to those who need him. And so I want us to think about that when we're thinking about Worship today. If you've got your Bibles, and I'm encouraging you to bring your Bibles to church, we don't have the Pew Bibles anymore that are in front of you, so bring your Bibles with you for those of you who are home. If you want to open up to the Psalms, and we're going to start looking at Psalm 142, and you can just kind of keep your Bible open into the Psalms. We're going to kind of look at quite a few of them this morning, but I want to read to you Psalm 142. This is again David at a very low point in his life. And I'm going to read the first two verses, and then I will jump to verse 5. Verses 1 through 2 says this. I cry out loud for help from the Lord. I beg out loud for mercy from the Lord. I pour out my concerns before God. I announce my distress to Him. And then in verse 5, I cry to you, Lord, for help. You are my refuge, I say. You are all I have in the land of the living. Now, I want you to notice this. David is not saying, okay, God, you're wonderful. He's saying, okay, God, my life is difficult. And I cry out to you. And in that moment of crying out to you, I see you. He says, "Of him, very important, I see you as refuge. God, you are my refuge. You are all I have in the land of the living. That may be where some of us find ourselves this morning. This phrase, refuge, he uses in other places of Scripture. So if you've got the Psalms, flip back to Psalm 62. Psalm 62, verse 8, says, All you people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your hearts before him. God is our refuge. Selah. Now, in all of, the Levitical, in, in all of the, the Levitical cities, there were six of them that were considered cities of refuge. And so if you accidentally killed someone and then your life became in danger, you could go to one of those cities and you could be, it could be a place of refuge for you, a, a place of safety. I don't know about you, but I, I know that children, at least, often have a safe place or a safe thing, uh, pacifiers for, for little babies become a safe space, or maybe it is a blanket, a, a stuffed animal. Uh, I had, growing up, I had a stuffed bulldog. I know, I'm a bulldog all the way through, but uh, I had a stuffed bulldog named Pluto. And Pluto was my safety um, my parents tell the story. I don't remember. My parents tell the story when I was very little and a bad storm came. I came in and told them that I was scared and that Pluto was scared too. And that we needed to kind of be together. And we still have Pluto. Uh, Pluto is, is probably a pretty ugly old dog at this point in time. But we still have him. Uh, Lydia takes care of him for me. So, uh, but, but, but that was my safety net, my safety measure. Um, All of us probably have some place, thing, someone uh, that becomes a safe space for us, right? Both of my kids, and I hope I don't say this as an embarrassing thing, both of my kids um, were kind of scared of thunder and lightning. It's a common experience. Many of you may still be that way. Um, But they they were scared of thunder and lightning, and they would come to me, if it began to be a bad storm, and they would come and they would want me to keep them safe. Now, Lydia's old enough for me to say this now. I can't do anything about thunder and lightning. Uh, I, I can't uh, protect you from the, the dangers of lightning. I can't do any of that. But somehow in their mind, that was safety for them. God is our refuge. God is this space of safety for us. He is our safe place and and last week I kind of shared with you about my children reaching out as toddlers today I want to talk about Latham as an adult um Latham is grown he's married he lives in his own house and and, and with his wife and and but I love it when he calls me for help I love it when he calls and says I just need to ask you a question I think about, I'm kind of in a weird space in life, I think about, you grow up, most of us, we grow up and we wanna make our parents proud, right? And had I known now what I, I mean, had I known them what I know now, really all my parents wanted was for me to call them on occasion and need them. I love it when my kids still need me. And I think about it that way because if, if I do, How much our Heavenly Father loves it when we reach out to Him in need. When we acknowledge our need for Him. And I believe that that is part of worship. It's a posture of worship, of recognizing our need for Jesus Christ. And so what I want to encourage you today is to think about how do you pour out your heart to God? How do you you tell him what is at the very heart and depth of your soul? And what I want to give you is a couple of points because at the end of the service we're going to celebrate communion and I'm hopeful that that is a moment for all of us that we experience the grace of God. Maybe a couple of things to do as you cry out to God in worship this morning. One is to remember the faithfulness of God. Again, if you're in the Psalms, I invite you to go to Psalm 42. We don't really know who wrote this. It is believed, scholars believe, that this that David wrote this again um, when his son uh, rejected him. And everybody looked around and said, where's God now? That God has left you, David. We don't know this for sure, but let's go on that assumption that David wrote this at an extremely low point again in his life look at what it says in verse 3 psalm 42 verse 3 my tears have been both my have been my food both day and night as people constantly questioned me where's your God now have you ever been to that space where you look at what's going on in life and you go where is God you ask yourself that, or maybe someone asks that of you. Where is God? And then in verse 4, David says, But I remember these things as I bear my soul, how I made my way to the mighty one's abode, to God's own house with joyous shouts and thanksgiving songs, a huge crowd celebrating the festival. So I remember these things. I remember going to church and I remember the times when the choir sang or when the the youth choir sang. Or I can remember a time when the band sang a particular song. I can remember these high moments. But then you can almost see, if you listen to the scriptures, you can almost see it shift in David's mind. Look at what he says in verse 5. Why, I ask myself, are you so depressed? Why are you so upset inside? Hope in God, because I will again give him thanks, my saving presence, and my God. You can almost hear him wrestle with the question of, I can remember these things, but then why? Why am I so downtrodden? Hope in God. I will again praise him. I don't know. Again, I can only preach to myself when I think about even this week there were times where I question things, why they're going a certain way or things that are happening. But I remember the faithfulness of God. Why do I question? Put your hope in God, David says. And so you have to remember the faithfulness of God in the past. If you go into look, if you've got your Bible split back to Lamentations, you see a, a story, similar story with Jeremiah. And Jeremiah, it's told us for about 20 verses that he is, um, he is afflicted. And it tells us that Jeremiah is crying out to God. He's giving all of his anguish to God and all of his complaints to God. And so he is crying out to God. And some people think that it is disrespectful to cry out to God I want you to hear something it is okay to cry out to God it is okay to complain to God it is okay to say God I don't understand it's okay to say I don't like the way things are going it's okay to go and you know what if I were to get my way this is not what would happen it's okay it's not disrespectful to God and we see that in Scripture. In verse 19 of Lamentations 3, it says this, The memory of my suffering and homelessness is bitterness and poison. I can't help but remember and am depressed. I call all this to mind, therefore I will wait. In the middle of his desperate cry from the depths of his soul, he recalls the goodness and faithfulness of God. And yet I call all of this to mind so I can wait. I call all of this to mind so I can can have hope and then watch what it says in verses 22 through 23 it says certainly the faithful love of the Lord hasn't ended certainly God's compassion isn't through and then watch they are renewed every morning great is your faithfulness some of you You need, in the midst of that difficult season in your life, you need to remember the faithfulness of God. You need to remember that moment in your life where God forgave you. You need to remember the weight of the sin and the burden that you felt and the moment that Jesus lifted that off of you. You need to remember that prayer that came that was the answer to the prayer that was only could be from God. You need to remember that time that you walked into church and you heard a message from God through me or some other preacher and you said that was like only for me and that it was like you and God were the only two people in the sanctuary and God was ministering directly to you. You need to remember the faithfulness of God as you cry out to him. Remember and give God the glory I've shared with y'all several times. I've talked about the fact that I, I did not. Um, I grew up with a lot of just anger in my life, and there was a time in my life, and a time in my where I didn't want life to continue. That what I wanted to do was end my life, and God introduced me to Claire. Who for me is? She is such a person of peace. Um, she's so much better than me. Uh, she she is certainly the better half of our relationship, but I can say that because she's not here today. Uh, but but she she was such a blessing because it, it as much as I wanted to as much as I wanted to take my own life, um, her presence was a gift. And so I always remember that faithfulness of God that he led somebody into my life. Because had he not, I wouldn't be here. Remember the faithfulness of God in your past. Cry out to him complain, argue, whatever you want to do, but as you do it, remember the faithfulness of God. Remember the faithfulness that God has been with you. Because yet, as I call this to mind, the scripture says, I have hope. I call this to mind and I will wait. Look back at the faithfulness of God. Because here's what I've learned. Some of those seasons that I hated, Some of those times that I went through something that I did not want to go through, God used them. God used them for his purpose. God used them in a way to be able to grow me into who I am today. Remember the faithfulness to God. Cry out to him. And then the second thing I would simply say is trust God with your future. I loved it. I love when I have a sermon written and then Al comes up and prays something and I'm like, he just preached my whole... I mean, he did it in one minute or one second where he says God is, you know, God of the past and God of the present and God of the future. And I'm like, remember that. Trust God with your future. I want to read you another psalm this morning and I'm not going to put it on the screen because I want everybody to just listen to the raw emotion of it. So whether you're at home, it may feel awkward to do, I just want you to close your eyes and I want you to hear the sincerity of the author of this psalm. Lord, hear my prayer. Lord, let my cry reach you. Don't hide your face from me in my time of trouble. Listen to me. Answer me quickly as I cry out. Because my days disappear like smoke. My bones are burned up as if in an oven. My heart is smashed like dried up grass. I even forget to eat my food because of my intense groans. My bones are protruding from my skin, I'm like a wild owl, some screech owl in the desert. I lie awake all night, I'm all alone like a bird on a roof all day long. My enemies make fun of me. Do you hear the emotion of where that person is? I can't eat, I lie awake. Everybody's mocking me. Everybody's making fun of me. That psalm keeps going. And in just a second, I want to read to you five words that can change your life. And I don't say that often. You want a life verse? I'm going to invite you to memorize this life verse. Psalm 102 verse 12. But you, Lord, rule forever. I want you to hear that. Think about the emotion. Everything is going wrong. Everybody is making fun of me. Nothing is going right. I can't sleep. I can't eat. But you, Lord, rule forever. I don't have to like what's going on right now, but you, God, rule forever. I may not have the abilities, but you, Lord, are powerful. I may feel alone, God, but you, Lord, are present. I may not be able to accomplish this on my own, but you, Lord, are able to do this. Remember this as you think about your future. Some of you may be getting ready to have a but you, Lord, moment in your life. You cry out, you pour your heart out, you complain, you show your anguish. I don't understand, but you keep crying, and here's the beauty. If you've ever been in that moment, you keep pushing forward and you will begin to praise. You push forward and you have a but you Lord moment and you are beginning to be able to truly worship. Because you realize as you push forward, God's still in charge. God is still on the throne God is still at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. God still has a plan and God still has a purpose. And so as you push forward and give God your future, folks, that is worship. Amen? Let's pray. Almighty God, we give you praise for today and every day that you give us. And Lord, I pray for each and every person who may find themselves today at a desperate place. A place where they don't want to be. They don't like the way things are going. May we remember your faithfulness. And in the midst of the pain and the difficulty, may we remember those five words, but you Lord rule forever. You are sovereign, you are mighty, you are powerful, you are present, you are grace, you are love, you are mercy. May somewhere along the way our pleads turn into praise.